Pigskin fans, the moment you've been waiting for all season is right around the corner. And DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55, is bringing you their golden ticket giveaway with up to $55 million in prizes up for grabs. All you have to do to get your share of these huge prizes is enter DraftKings' free Super Bowl prediction challenge. Once you submit your picks, you will get a free instant prize up to $25,000. And if you have the most predictions correct, you could win the top prize of $1 million. Download the app now, enter the free prediction challenge, answer questions like who will score last, and boom, get ready to make it rain. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to its players since 2012, so they know a thing or two about big paydays. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN to enter the free $55 million Super Bowl prediction challenge. Everyone gets an instant prize up to $25,000 just for playing. So use promo code THPN now and enter the $55 million Super Bowl challenge. Only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55. Terms, conditions, and eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and Andy and I are back with Season 2, Episode 14, as our 1-2-1 New York Rangers get ready to face off against the Pittsburgh Penguins. But first, Andy, I gotta ask you, how are you doing? I'm doing a lot better now that I found out that Quinn has finally scratched Jack Johnson for tonight's game in favor of Brendan Smith. Uh, It took him a lot longer than it would have taken me, although I probably wouldn't have had him in anyway, but yeah, I mean... It's it's crazy just how the, how this season is so different because you have to get off to a fast start. Expectate now that there's finally expectations on the Rangers this season, you can definitely feel it amongst the fan base that uh, there's already concern about. You know, I've seen people already claiming that Lafreniere was just uh, the same. You know, and these are the same people that were claiming like, oh, Kako. I was told Kako was ready, or I was told Lafreniere is ready. You know, there, it's just the, the Twitter Rangers Twitter as the usual is is knee jerking up in arms and yeah everything and listen i i i will not defend most of what david quinn has done his lineup decisions have been very strange to me but there are some things he's done it's almost like he can't he can't win it's like you know he's been uh like i said some of his personnel decisions have been a little head scratching to me at times and not what i would have done but at the same time it's like when he even does good things it's not even like you know he almost it's it's almost that he it's he's damned if he does if he damns if he doesn't you know because now everyone's like why is Brendan Lemieux getting scratched you know and all this stuff so it never ends but that's the life of a hockey fan it's just you have to be it's better I guess it's better to be critical of your team than be one of those fans that's always sunshine and rainbows although I am very envious of those people who are just like this is our year every year like I don't know who these people are you know I don't know how close attention they pay but you know it must be nice to be that because I'm I micromet like analyze everything and you know, I probably honestly I'm probably a little too pessimistic sometimes. Well, those are the people on the MSG commercials that like have their room painted blue when every yeah. year is like. A I wish I was one of those people. I like you turn your 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 rec room or your guest room into like a mini MSG. You have your 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 Rangers themed uh, bridal shower or your kid's <laughs> first birthday. 
your son's na- middle name is like book ranger or book boom yep you and know. then you got your you know new york ranger construction helmet and uh you know apparently everyone that passes by has to make a comment about the new york rangers and yep. it's just like you live in your own little fun little rangers world where they're the best team in the league every year and and you know every player is your favorite player and you know it's just uh, you find yourself on an MSG commercial, and that's man. Uh, if there if there was like a Matrix style red pill I could take to be that sort of fan, like I'm too far now. It's like now it's like oh I know this guy's analytics are bad, or or you know I'm just like oh on paper this this is, doesn't look good, or they can't do it, or like I can't trust this guy. Like I'm in too deep. I need to pull back. I I kind of miss that where you know you feel like every every game you got to you just need a bounce and you got a chance and you know screw who won the cup last year it's our year like yeah i kind of want that i sometimes like for myself so but alas it's too it's too late for me but if you're listening and, and you're one of those fans just hold on to that because honestly that's definitely the way to be oh yeah and it's like i feel like now more than ever though with twitter um it's just you know you get less and less of those fans and i think now it's 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 almost swung the other way where twitter just brings out the absolute negative and it harps on the negative of your, of your team. But I have to say, though, this year, New York Rangers Twitter has been it's it's undefeated. I mean, the memes of, uh, you know, no, no Quinn in New York instead of no quit in New York. Like people are just so creative. Uh, just the in-game Twitter, you know, just refreshing the, the, the feed and you're just hearing all the Jack Johnson, you know, trash talk, uh, Lafreniere and Kako or bus like. And then, you know, finally, Heedle scores that fantastic goal against Pittsburgh. And, you know, it, it just quickly turns into, you know, they're the best line in hockey and blah, 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 blah. It's just it it really is just a, an amazing invention. And, you know, hockey Twitter, Rangers Twitter is, you know, it it really makes the game like it elevates the game for me. I don't know how it, it is for no, you. It, it, listen, it, it makes you feel like part you know it makes you feel more like part of that community say what you will about social media and our uh i guess our generation's reliance on it you can even say overall reliance at time or over sensitivity to it but it's yeah it makes you feel like sometimes you're not so much of an echo chamber you know you're not just alone screwing at your your television set you know and it's great to, to yeah to feel like you're not alone but at the same time it it's good because it makes you confront because there's going to be people that agree with you there's going to be people that think you are being, you know, over, over sensitive, or you're just uh, not seeing the forest through the t- trees, or you're being reactive and too reactive. And yeah, I mean, it's fun though. I love it, you know. Especially, you know, we're in a golden era of memes when it comes to the New York Rangers. You know, I mean, especially with the uh, all the, uh, you know, how the with the Bernie meme currently like the most popular thing in the planet probably right now. Um, yeah, I just everyone is in that mood where everything is memeable, no matter what and why. Instead of like going on a diatribe when you can just make like a a little sarcastic, snarky image that kind of gets your point across. That's the way to do it. You can share it quickly. Oh, absolutely. And I've been on a meme tear myself lately, and I've been sending them to you. And it's just, um, it's fun. It's like a good outlet for me to just, uh, you know, express my frustration with this team. But you know, <laughs> let's get into a little bit of the decision making of uh, Coach Quinn. Obviously, right. if you're listening to this right now, you already know the outcome of tonight's game against the Pittsburgh Penguins. It's round two of, uh, you know, a back-to-back game against the Penguins. Um, it's kind of preview, though, the last game, um, just to touch on it. 
I really thought the Rangers played an excellent game offensively. I felt like they really took it to Pittsburgh's defense, which I think is their you know weakest point by far, that and goaltending. Um, you know, defensive-wise, I didn't think we were that bad. I just thought there was just some couple bonehead decisions and it just seems like teams are able to capitalize on every mistake that that we make and uh, uh so what'd you think of of last game against Pittsburgh before we get into tonight's I you know I absolutely agree James with your take on it and honestly I I don't know if people want to hear this but if the Rangers if most of the games they lose end up being like the game they played last night I'd almost be happy with it because you'd rather Considering with the questions about them being ready to play since they got embarrassed in game one, I don't think they haven't not showed up to get, you know, they've had their breakdowns Mm -hmm. and their mental lapses. Right. But I think since game after that game where they got embarrassed by the Islanders since then, the three games subsequently, the Rangers have dominated the shot share for each. You know, they've carried I'd argue they'd carried play and the, the, the numbers bear that out. And like you said, it was, it's not even that they were bad defensively at times. It's just, they have these, you know, these breakdowns or brain farts or uh, Jack Johnson's on the ice, you know, say what you will. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, or, you know, they give up like a fluky bounce on a power play goal. So I can't, it's, yeah, it's kind of hard for me to be upset because by all accounts, that's kind of where you think a team like this should be. So it's kind of within the realm of expectations. You know, I, I, it's, excuse me, tongue tied. Uh, besides the shutout that uh, Georgiev pitched in that second game versus the Islanders, you don't like the fact that the Rangers are giving up at least three to four goals a game. You would hope that they could curb that. But honestly, I can't say I'm all that upset. You know, and obviously we know right now that the top six is ice cold, maybe minus Buchnevich. Um, But the bottom six has looked absolutely great. I mean, I'm sure we'll talk, get into talking about Heel, Di Giuseppe and Kako's play recently. Um, and you know, what we're seeing out of Fox looks like he's found another gear. If that was even possible, K Andre Miller might already be the second best defender on her team, which is amazing. And yeah, Lafreniere, although he hasn't stood out too much is, hasn't at least looked bad. He's just kind of trying to figure it out. So yeah, it's weird. It's, I know it's frustrating at times because I think people just saw that like, oh, we're getting Lafreniere. It's an upgrade and no more stall and another year older for the kids. So we're going to put the pedal down, but yeah, I mean, I just think if they keep playing the way they've played the last few games, even though the results haven't gone their way, I think they'll be one of the better teams in this uh, division. You know, as long as they're dictating things and pushing, all it takes is Igor to get finally get in more of a groove and some of the things that are beating him recently, because it's either whether it's rust or lack of preseason. Yeah, I just think once and especially if, if Mika and Kreider and uh, Strom and Panarin finally get on their uh yeah they've get and get back you know find get their groove back i guess then yeah i think the rangers will be okay so um but yeah obviously it's frustrating because you see them have the puck all night and then they still end up losing at the end of the game which is unfortunate but i wasn't yeah listen they lost in a shootout it happens yeah and you know they they, the the problem with the with the rangers is that like we we're still trying to figure out our identity and it's it's tough though with the amount of coaching changes and and, you know, I, I kind of just looking at the game, it, it's frustrating to watch because, you know, there's such a like mixed bag of things that are going wrong in which the Rangers are losing. And, you know, one of the most glaring things that are such an easy fix is playing the best players, like putting the team in the best situation to win. Now, if the f- players fail 
to play up to par. Like you've mentioned, you know, our top six forwards really have been ice cold. You know, if we're not, you know, if we're not scoring enough goals to win, win a hockey game, then, you know, that's on the players. You know, David Quinn can't will, you know, Zibanejad and or Temi Panarin to, you know, you know, sc- score 10 goals a game. Like that's just not reality. That's not going to happen. But, you know, one of the biggest changes I think that Ranger fans, you know, going into tonight can take a deep breath and, you know, finally get what they want is the, you know, benching of Jack Johnson, who's been absolutely by far our worst player, has been, you know, the worst player in the league that I, that I've seen. He's just analytically, it's been awful. I mean, the stats that come out when he's on the ice is insane. Um, he played with Tony D'Angelo, who... You know, it, Tony is not a defender like he's not he, he's not a shutdown guy. He's not a guy that's going to, you know, eat up a lot of minutes and, and be great in a defensive zone. Uh, you know, Tony is there for that offensive punch. So, you know, pairing those two together, I thought was, you know, first of all, it was detrimental to, you know, the uh, you know, Tony being the offensive guy now being paired with the worst defenseman maybe in the NHL. And then, you know, it kind of leaves, you know, the goalie out to dry. It leaves that that forward line out to dry. And and you kind of saw Pittsburgh play against that that uh, pairing, throwing uh, the Malkin, Rust, and I forget who is with those two, um, uh, throwing those, you know, that line out there against them. So, you know, you saw what you saw last game with the Rangers. Um, the, it should be approved upon in terms of the defensive pairings. Um you know, obviously this was a no brainer move by Quinn. So going into night, um, optimistic, but I also feel like, listen, all right, Quinn did it. He benched Johnson. We have our best six defensemen out there. So there's really no excuses for these guys to, to, uh, you know, play poorly. And I think there's a, a spotlight on uh, Truba. I think there's a spotlight spotlight on Lindgren because, you know, if those two guys, you know, don't pick up their play, you know, they're just as guilty as Jack Johnson and they, they might not have the analytics as, as, as bad as he has, but you know, we pay, you know, we're paying those guys a lot of money. We're paying, you know, Truba a lot of money, but you know, the, you know, if those guys want to be in our lineup. They're going to have to prove that they, they belong there. No, absolutely. And listen, we, like I said on our last podcast, Brennan Smith gets a lot of flack at times over the last few seasons, but he had, he, he got benched and sat for after playing very well, you know? He, he did what yeah. he was. He held up his end of the bargain. He was good. He made that beautiful breakout pass, you know, beautiful defensive play and then breakout pass to Panarin in game two against the Islanders. Um, and yeah, so now he's going to get paired with Tony. And listen, Tony's definitely has a lot going on in his game right now that he needs to figure out. I, and listen, I, he was in an unenviable position uh, being partnered with Jack Johnson. But I think you can even tell that going back to just his performance in the bubble that he's looking to kind of get shake shake off yeah some of the the specters of last season considering what a strong uh you know a regular season he had prior prior to the pause so this he's in a position to do that now i assume the the pairings will be fox and lindgren back together keandre and truba were great last game they and, and i think in terms of uh that pairing was one of at least it was only a one like a two game sample because they've only but in their short time together they're one of the their analytics in their league are amazing and you think about it, you know, just Keandre is an is a analytic uh, dynamo right now just because he snuffs so much out and he can use his skating and get up in the play and transition the puck like it's nothing. It's amazing to watch. So 
if, you know, it's funny, you're paying $8 million and we expected Truba to help settle him down and it's become the opposite. And that, that's funny how that works out, right? So, but yeah, James, like you said, it's on the spotlight's on these guys and it's on the onus is on them because right now the kids are, are kind of living up to what you want from them. But you, you know, you have to look to your leaders to lead and they haven't done that, honestly. Yeah. And you, you know, and you can blame it. They, they haven't had the preseason to kind of shake off that rust. And maybe are the Rangers easy to defend against because you really only need to defend against their, their top six, because uh, you're not getting as much scoring as you'd like to from the bottom six. Uh, but you know what? It's really, it's, you know, it's, it's really glaring that the Rangers found, um, you know, found a way to do things last year that they're not, they haven't been doing this year. You know, they, they found ways to win games by outscoring their opponents. Their leader stepped up last year. Why isn't this happening this year? Is it, you know, uh, the unique circumstances that this team finds themselves under? Is it the, 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 the age and experience of the players? Um, you know, are, are the Rangers, you know, too top heavy and depending on Mika and Artemi to carry all the offense, uh, um, but you know, you, you have seen players step up and I think the, you know, the Hedl Kako, um, you know, the Giuseppe line has been, you know, a, a really a, a silver lining to this, you know, struggling offense, because it seems like we really have a solid third line now that, you know, is n- not only, uh, you know, putting up some numbers, but every single shift they're driving offense. They're, they're creating chaos in front of the net. They're getting shots on goal. Um, there, you know, I, I feel like Philip Hedl is a completely different player than what New York Rangers fans have seen thus far in his career. I think uh, Capo Caco, you know, uh, being able to finish, uh, you know, a couple of these opportunities that he's had is doing wonders for his confidence. He just looks stronger. He looks better. He, you know, he's having fun out there. He's smiling on the bench. And um, and then you saw, you know, Phil D. Giuseppe, who um, I, I don't even know what he, he it's just this has got to be icing on the cake. I mean, for him just to be on an NHL roster to start this year has probably got to, you know, feel good. And now he's contributing to this team. He's got, uh, he's got four, you know, four points in three games, all four assists. And he's really, you know, embracing the role of, you know, let me get the puck and let me get it to these guys, uh, and try to set them up and and put them in an opportunity to, to, you know, to bang it home and score. So uh, what are your thoughts on this line? Because, uh, you know, I really do think that this line has been, uh, you know, er everything and more that the New York Rangers fans have been expecting. Yeah, I think you hit the nail right in the head. I think, you know, the biggest thing is the Rangers, both the Rangers front office and the fans and the hell, the team, they knew that losing Jesper Fast hurt. But I'll be damned if when I watch Giuseppe out there, I'm like, he's kind of playing exactly like Jesper Fast did. He's not the most skilled guy. But he hounds pucks. He he's mo- he's got a high motor. He's a good skater. He gets on his horse. He win he wins his battles. He gets it to his more skilled line mates. He creates room for them despite being not the biggest guy, you know. And I think that's huge that you can have a guy like that uh, who's reliable because that's clearly something this team needed. And the second he was traded, every team in the league wants a, a guy like that. You know, every coach he's played, Jesper Foss has played for. Um, at least in his Rangers tenure, whether it was uh, A.V. or uh, David Quinn. And now I'm sure even I'm sure Brenda Moore loves him because of the type of player he is. But 
uh, Di Giuseppe right now, I think is it's unlike again. Listen, it's early in the season. Things will probably get more back to it. You know, it's a small sample size, but right. you look at his uh, expected goals and his play driving. You know, he he drives really good results because whenever he's on the ice, he forechecks, he separates man from puck, and he gets it to his line mates. And that's what you're supposed to, he's going to do. He's not, you know, you, you almost wish Kreider would maybe do a little bit more of that. Like, you don't have to be. You can just make things that are within your wheelhouse. And like you said, Hudel looks entirely different. You know, obviously, you knew at him getting bigger every year, trying to figure out how to use his frame. He was, you know, in year one, even though he was so big, he was losing battles. In year two, he looked a little bit better, but still you know, there's a little bit of hesitancy and now it's just, there's assertiveness and he wins his battles and he quickly attacks with confidence. And as he doesn't even care if he, if it goes in or not, he's just going to create. And obviously Kako is probably at least the smartest offensive player on that line. And I think that benefits him because now all of a sudden he's with a guy like Heedle that Kako doesn't have to try to, you know, he's not the fastest guy, but he's a smart B he's shifty. He's helping by pressuring more. His defensive play has been way better. His analytics finally aren't in the, in the garbage. They're finally pretty good. And yeah, you just see whether it's, he's positioning himself so smartly. And his, his, I, a big thing with him is that he's kind of had, you know, his first season, his wrist shot was kind of lacks some velocity. He's got, he gets good whip on it now. He's stronger. Clearly. I don't know if he's just worked on it. He's using a heavier flex, but He's putting himself in shooting positions. You know, he scores at the goal mouth he, with perfect timing. Uh, he gets it back to the point. He's not trying to do too much. He's still winning. You know, he's doing that cycle. He does so much with the rollouts and they're keeping and it. Yeah. And it creates room for his line mates. So like you said, that line has been one of the best lines in the NHL in this since, you know, early to start. I don't know if it'll continue to be that. It might just be like you said, it just it's kind of early. Teams are getting there. You know, a lot of star players right now have question marks against what's going on with them. Zibanejad being one of them, Elias Patterson. You know, some of these guys have yet to get going, but you know, it's just been such a bright spot for uh, this team. And yeah, and that's this, and that's why you say to people that were so worried about, you know, the ones who are worried about Lafreniere. It's like, well, everyone was worried about Hughes and Kako, and you know, Kako now has two goals in four games, is and he's on one of the best analytic lines in the league so far. And Hughes is obviously busted out so yeah I think obviously Lafreniere will figure it out and he'll be fine yeah and and honestly it really hasn't been the individual play of out you know Alexis Lafreniere it's I could honestly say the supporting cast around him hasn't hasn't been great uh you know he's he's playing on a line with um uh you know Artemi Panarin who you know I I know he's got you know two goals and three assists and five points in four games and that's great and all but you know you, you take away kind of like the power play you know, the five on five play of Artemi Pernarin has been a little bit concerning. You know, you would hope that he'd be, uh, you know, a, a little bit more, um, you know, he'd create a little bit more opportunity, uh, you know, given the success they had last year with Strom. And, and you know, I, I guess I can jump right into this. You know, Ryan Strom has got to be better. I mean, he has been yeah. absolutely dismal out there. He's, uh, it's he's not physical he's not doing anything like you know sometimes you know if you're not feeling it sometimes it's, you know you bring a physical aspect to the game and you kind of you know bang your way into uh you know a groove and success and and a little bit of momentum and there's just been none out of him and i, yeah. I really do think it's you know that that's killing us right now yeah i i will say in fairness to him I thought his last game against the Penguins was the best game he'd played so far. He had a few chances, unfortunately he didn't capitalize, and that could be him gripping the stick. You know, at one, he had a breakaway. 
and he tried to get it low blocker. Uh, Jerry makes a save, and then another one. He gets it back to uh, Lafreniere, who then tip you know passes it up forward to him. He tries to get a tip on it and didn't go in. But you know he was definitely better last game. But I think he even spoke about it today in his uh, pre you know pregame uh, comments to the media that it's like you know early on you want to get a good start and you see the zeros and it just kind of weighs on you a bit. So. You just has to work, focus on, you know, him and Panera, to be honest, because outside of that second game versus the Islanders, where he finally looked like the only time he's really looked like Panera so far in our first four game segment, uh, it's, it's been a little bit more of a struggle for him this year. So and like you said, as for Lafreniere, uh, I think he's just trying to adjust to the speed of the game. And if by doing that, by keep switching his wing and what line he's on and who his line mates are and, you know, he's been all over the place. So. Yeah, of course it's going to be hard for him because it's you know he's trying to get acclimated to doing one thing. Now he's got to make all those plays on his backhand, and now he's got to figure out how much time do I have on my backhand, and how does this guy does this guy like me to lead the puck? Should I hound it? Should I hang back? You know, and these are all things he's trying to consider. And I think he's just trying not to be out of position. And and the good news is he hasn't looked bad. He hasn't it's right. just you know he hasn't really stood out for the skill of a you know of a first overall pick. But he's had there's been you know the subtle flashes, and, and he, listen, he plays a subtle game as well. But you see he's made some great uh, passes through the slot to find guys in some high vision plays. And you can tell that when he enters the zone, he understands where to be to buy himself time and space. He like so that bodes really well for him, you know, but at the same time, it's just it's going to be hard. He has forced some things because he just isn't sure how much time he's going to have as opposed to how much he just in juniors he knew what he could get away with. So, yeah, he for, he's forcing some plays, I think, right now. And obviously the more time goes on, the more it gets to you. But all it takes is one, and I think he's going to be off to the races, and I'm not worried about him. And, you know, I don't need him this year to be, even if he has a year like Kako or, he, or Hughes where it's overall it's maybe a little disappointing, it's all right. That's fine. Like, you know, I just want, you know, it's the National Hockey League. It's difficult. The more guys that come in, and struggle early just kind of shows you that, yeah, listen, these guys like Matt, you know, Matthews, uh, McDavid and Eichel are kind yeah, they're cut from a different cloth and that's fine. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, you look at uh, the, the, uh, the first year play of guys like uh, Sagan and Thornton and Steven Stamkos and, you know, how they go what nine, like nine, eight or nine games without their first NHL point and then have stretches where they're super hot and super cold. It's, it's fine. Like they'll, he'll figure it out. So I'm not worried about him. Yeah, and it, and like listen, it look at the New York Rangers as a whole. I mean, this team as a whole is experiencing growing pains. Let alone, you know, the the rookie that's played only four games in the NHL. It's like the Rangers have nothing figured out. It's not like once Lafreniere, you know, figures this game out, this team's destined for success. I mean, there's so many pieces right now to this team that you know screams inconsistency. It screams, you know, uh, uh, the you know, just like not doing their role, uh, you know, with the defense, you know, the pairings, you know, changing every single game, it seems like, uh, the only two, you know, real defensemen that have been consistent have been, you know, Fox and, and K Andre minus their first game. Uh, Smith had a good game when he came in. And then you look at our forwards, it's like, you know, you, you really have had one line where you're super impressed. And then you've had Buchnevich who's played, you know, extremely consistent through the game, you know, uh, shooting a lot more his his shots are of quality uh you know this year so you know there's a lot that the new york rangers as a whole need to figure out and i'm not worried that you know alexis lafreniere is a piece of that puzzle um of consistency that new york rangers are trying to find and um you know i would even say that goes for the coaching too which just 
you know, last year I felt like, you know, we're living in the same exact, you know, twilight zone of last year where it's just like, what New York Ranger team are you going to get tonight? And, you know, I, I don't think Quinn is going to last too long in this league if, you know, he can't have his team ready to play every single night because it's just, it's unacceptable at this point. But uh, I'm not worried about Alexis Lafreniere. I'm not worried about Kako or Heedle or, or Kay Andre. I, I feel like, you know, they've played as well as they possibly could play four games in this, you know, in this uh, season. And now it's it's time for the guys that we're paying some money to to kind of step up. And uh, I kind of want to highlight Trouble a little bit because I, I know he had a, an excellent game with Kay Andre. But I feel like we can't expect a kid who's played four games in the NHL to carry, you know, our number, you know, our highest paid defenseman. And it is, am I crazy? But the Trouba really needs to elevate his game and, and elevate it where he's playing, uh, you know, he's playing very good every single night. Yeah. And it's been, he was bad the first game. He was good the second game. He was bad the game after that. And then he was good the game after that. So I'd like to, him to string some together, you know, for a while. I don't, you know, listen, no player, Adam Fox will surely have a, a bad game this season, as will Artemi Panarin. But the thing is, what you know, these guys have more good games than they have bad, and you can't be a. I don't think you can be a five hundred good bad player. You have to if you're with the money Truba's making, you at least want it to be seventy thirty, if that's possible, that's you know. Good. And luck, but luckily, you know, it, it's it's working with him and K Andre, which is good. You know, thank God that's a one less thing to worry about, Rangers fans, because you're already worried about. Uh, allocation of resources and money and who knows I think the more time that goes on I think that Truba can realize what especially if he is maybe was you know I don't know if it's being too concerned with thinking he's going to have to cover for Andre when it, and you know Andre is a way better skater and can probably skate pucks out of trouble more often but you know I think Truba's real worth this season is going to be when they are static in their own zone he is going to have you know it's his job because you know he's going to have the experience and the awareness to break down cycles uh or at least know where to be because i think it's the one area that k andre will is still going to have to get used to you know what i mean because yeah that that's just something that you can't really replicate and as talented as k andre is and has you know how many tools he has that's difficult when you are in your own zone you're defending you're stationary they're passing around the perimeter and you're thinking what lane do i fill like where do i have to be aware of backdoor that's where troop is going to have to really uh earn his value so and yeah that's where he's going to have to do pull his weight you know and all he has to do is get a, a stick on it and maybe if he can get it to his partner then k andre can skate it out and then we're everyone's happy right so um you know that's uh yeah that i i think as long as he can do that and especially playing with k andre there's no excuses for him for not to be you know, and but at the same time, it's like it's a lot to expect Keandre to 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 be the the be- better defender on that pairing because I think eventually he's going to hit a little bit of a wall. It happens. He's a rookie. He's very young. He's only been playing defense since college. So, yeah. But right now he's got that fresh in the league adrenaline that guys kind of get goosed up on, and then after nine, ten games, all of a sudden it kind of wears off a little bit, and that's where Trub is really going to have to make sure he's uh, he's on his game, right? So. Very no excuses for him. Uh, he just he has to consistently be better. But hopefully, last uh, you know the success those two have had kind of in small bursts. Uh, excuse me, bursts together is uh, yeah. Hopefully, it's a sign of things to come. Tonight. Calling all Jets fans and foodies. What's going on, guys? I'm Brandon Rewicki, the host of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. Look, if you love Jets hockey, this is the place for you. 
in-depth breakdowns from every game, a deep dive into the big plays and moments from Winnipeg's season, and all the Jets talk you will not find anywhere else. We got it for you on Skates and Plates. Plus, if you love carbs and everything tasty, we jump into the world of food as well. Once a week, we also speak with a member of the local culinary scene to highlight their great stories and the great food they put out. So there it is. Hockey, Jets, food, drink, everything good in life. It's right here on Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. Another guy, too, that um, I feel like he's playing for, you know, his position with the New York Rangers is Ryan Lindgren. Um, you know, he seems like he's fighting the puck at times. Uh, you know, he'll come off a really good shift where he makes a really good play. And then he then he the next shift, he is making a bonehead play. You just feel like you never know what you're going to get out of Ryan Lindgren. I, I love his you know tenacity and and, you know, his style of play when he when he's playing within himself. It's just that some of the decision making. I don't know if it's if he's panicking or, or I mean, like, you know, it, it, they're just weird bonehead plays that, you know, I, I wish, you know, our defensemen weren't making, you know, if you're on your knees in the crease, you know, you should never be pushing the puck with your hand at all in any direction, uh, let alone towards the, you know, goaltender and towards the net, you know, you know, what do you make of his play, you know, so far this season? And, you know, are there expectations for him to get better? Like, what does Ryan Lindgren need to do to, you know, solidify himself as, you know, a defenseman through New York Rangers? Um, you know, listen, I think in a lot of ways you can maybe argue that Lindgren has overachieved in his short time in New York uh, based on at least what his skill set is and how he was kind of viewed coming in. Uh, and yeah, I think he's he's honestly he's after overachieving for so long it's like for the first time he kind of looks real pedestrian and at times lost and bad which is weird for him because he's usually tough and physical and mixing it up and we love him for that and yeah I mean especially with not being paired with Adam Fox at times when they've been Quinn has been jumbling things up and experimenting it's been difficult for him because at least he had the comfort Adam Fox we we know how good he is at this you know and he yeah that let he just had to just mind take care of what he had to take care of and be a little bit more of a stay at home guy and it was less responsibility. And now, you know, on other pairings, it, it, yeah, I think it got him off uh, on the wrong foot at times, but um, yeah, he definitely needs to be better. His awareness in his own zone needs to be better. Cleaning up the goal mouth has been a difficult for him and losing guys back door. And yeah, there's some, it's funny. That's kind of an, a lot, not a, I don't want to say a lost art, but for the way the game with has uh, evolved with skating and, being self-sufficient offensively and breakout passes and stuff. It's that, you know, that's still kind of a lost art is making sure guys don't buzz the tower at the right times and get, get lost behind you and stick position and how to position yourself when defending, uh, yeah, defending your own crease. So that's something he definitely has to work on. Uh, if they're going to keep him with Fox again, I think it'll help him just get more comfortable. Um, and yeah, I don't think he was as bad, uh, the last game. But much like true, but at the same time, yeah, he just has to be, he's another guy, just has to be better. So players are allowed to have bad stretches. It's just, you have to, if you feel like you're in a tailspin, you have to figure a way to how to, you know, find some, even if it's just little things and just, you don't have to be great. Just kind of feel good, feel good about what you, how you're playing. And then the results should take care of themselves a bit. So yeah, he obviously needs to be better. Um, you know, I can't, it's weird. On the one hand, I'm, I've liked their penalty kill a lot. I feel like outside of, you know, maybe a fluky bounce here or there, or like you said, a goal where 
uh, Georgiev makes a save and then all of a sudden he doesn't understand it's behind him and no one picks it up because Georgiev, it looks like he's got squeezed under its arm. It's yeah, it's just things like that. Weird bounces have happened. It just, uh, it is what it is. I, I can't say it's hard to say. I, I, I think the Rangers do look a little bit better defensively this year. Uh, they haven't given up as many shots, which has been good, but at the same time, it's just, yeah, there's still, still the same old breakdowns. But if you, you know, if we remember with Hank at times in the last few seasons, we were giving up 40 shots a game and, the breakdowns were numerous, so they've come a long way from that, but obviously they still have a ways to go. But, uh, you know, when you look at, you just think about how Fox is progressing, K. Andre's ultimate upside, the fact that guys like Braden Schneider aren't here yet, Nils Lundqvist, uh, you know, you don't know what Tony's future is here, but you know how he can, at least he could run a power play and he can produce offensively. And Zach Jones uh, is having an, a killer season, um, you know, in college. So it's just... Yeah, there's there's possibly even more help on the way for the New York Rangers. You know what I mean? So, you know, Jack Johnson won't be here forever. Uh, you know, I don't know what Lindegren's long term uh, prospects are with the Rangers, but uh, at least it, it, to me, it seems like uh, Jacques Martin is at least has outside of vouching for Jack Johnson is actually there's some I see some good coming out of it. So early on with early returns, but it's early again. They could obviously fall fall off. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. It's just like, you know, I think the lack of uh, breakdowns, you know, really highlights the goals against for the Rangers because you do see then, you know, the the bigger opportunities that they are getting, uh, you know, taken advantage by, our, you know, our opposition. I, I think that was the most glaring in the, the Devils game. I think it got cleaned up a little bit in the Pittsburgh game. Obviously, I don't expect the Rangers to play every game and give up zero goals. But, you know, uh, you know, some of the, the goals you, you know, you, you can point fingers at and, you know, you can see where the breakdown happened. You can see the players that, you know, are turning the puck over. And, you know, I, I just think they're like there's so many things, little things that the Rangers can clean up about their game. And that would ultimately make them so much better. And I'm sure, like you know, it's kind of cliche. And you can say that about, you know, every single team, if they just clean up the little stuff that, you know, they'll have more success. But, you know, I, you know, for the Rangers, I, I really don't think it's it's a matter of, uh, of uh, you know, um, you know, a lack of talent. It's more of just, you know, the, the mental breakdowns that you see that this team, uh, you know, has sometimes. It gets super frustrating. And, you know, I, I guess we should talk about the goaltending, too, because let's face it, you know, the game against Pittsburgh, you know, a timely save could have been, you know, the difference. Uh, I know that the goal I, I mentioned with Lindgren was a killer one. But again, you know, I, you know, what's going on with the goaltending? Do, do you, you feel like they're fighting the puck? Do you do you think these you know guys are a little young and they're just kind of getting used to things, uh, you know, with this new season? Yeah, you know, it's weird. It's tough. I mean, it's definitely a perfect storm for goaltenders to to not be all that set and comfortable. Um, you know, Henrik Lundqvist was all historically a slow starter, and it took him a little bit to get settled in. So, yeah, they, to get dialed in, it's been tough, especially if you're a goaltender. Even if you're on the ice, you're, they didn't have a pre, they, their camp was very short. They didn't have a preseason. And you're right in the action and especially where it's like because of the condensed schedule, it's a lot probably going to be a lot more uh, flip flopping. Although I think Shesterkin is in net again because I do think Quinn is trying to get him in a rhythm. And I can't even say, you know, um, maybe a little over aggressive on one goal, but he uh, a bounce didn't help his case. I can't necessarily say I hated all of his positioning against the pens. You know, I think he had a, a cross uh, slot pass that he had no chance on and 
yeah, you know, he wasn't good in the shootout, unfortunately, but we don't really know what he's like in the shootout yet. He might, Hank was money in the shootout. I don't know if Georgiev is a, is a shootout guy, and that just might be the way it is, you know, unfortunately. Or excuse me, Shosturkin is a shootout guy. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll see. I think, you know, it's that's the it's tough. It's still early, so I don't really know if this is just, is Shosturkin just going to have a down season compared to last year? Is it going to take him a little bit? Uh, how... Does this mean at some point they're going to, instead of maybe having an equal work share, is it just going to be Quinn's going to be like, well, this guy's more reliable to me right now, so that's what I have to go on? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Obviously, you, you hope in a perfect world to get to a point where he's you're just comfortable with the play of both guys, but it's kind of harder to, to gauge that, unfortunately. So especially, like you said, we spend so much time harping on how important it would be for both of these guys to have at least close to an equal workload just to make sure guys are rested and they don't get burned out and they're not getting too many starts. Um, so we'll see, but yeah, I just think there have been some clear, uh, communications, uh, miscommunication, excuse me. I don't know if it's positioning or not trusting where your defenders are or trying to direct traffic too much. Shesterkin's body language at times has looked like he's a little off, you know, he's looked a little unsure, which is weird considering last year, even coming into the NHL for the first time, he was just swallowing pucks he hasn't looked confident whereas Georgiev was obviously very confident in that uh, game versus the Islanders coming in he looked like it was easy for him and then the next game it looked like it was difficult for him so you know I honestly I'm I'm not a I know very little about goaltending uh you know I'm sure there's guys and gals who understand the position better who could tell you way more about what they see body language wise or how the reads are being made you know Steve Valaket I'm sure will have something to say about if they ever show in the intermission but um yeah I don't know I just think I do think that the uh, Shesterkin and Georgiev will round out into form but obviously right now it seems like between the the lapses the Rangers are having in front of him and then just maybe him not being on his game it's they're getting they're letting in at least three goals a game so far through uh, four games, you know, minus the shutout that you get pitched. So, yeah, you'd like to see them be able to tighten up a little bit. Yeah, I do got a bone to pick, though, with MSG. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned the shootout. I didn't get a chance to watch the shootout because they switched the, the freaking game on me. Oh, I was yeah. I was watching it, you know, and, and like well, I'm not at uh, like my home. So I'm watching it on a television and then all of a sudden the game just never really comes back on. I'm like what the heck's going on here? And then I'm obviously on Twitter and I see, you know, people complaining that the, the shootout's over and I texted you like, what the heck happened? They switched it over to like MSG two or something. Yeah. I mean, that's MSG not plus a, or MSG two, Yeah. Yeah. That's not okay. You can't just be switching the channels. You, you can't wait five minutes for the shootout to be done to get onto your next, you know, the next show. It's like, come on. It's not like they're going to, it's not like a playoff game. Where it's going to, you know, you don't know when it's going to end. You literally have five minutes, three guys going down to shoot a puck. Jesus. So, you know, I missed that. And I, you know, obviously, you know, it didn't, didn't go the Rangers much. way. Yeah, I know. I know. Sure. I didn't miss much, but it's still just very extremely annoying that that's like, you know, it just seems like every, you know, every time you're, you're comfortable, MSG finds a way to, you know, throw you throw you for a loop. So, uh, you know, a little pissed off with them, but it, that's. That is what it is. Um, James, so, I have a question for you before sure. we get into something else. Yep. What were your thoughts on the, the Dubois trade and line I trade? Well, I was actually just going to bring up our center depth here oh, okay. and <laughs> explore other options that yeah. are out there. But, yeah, let's talk about that trade. I mean, it's it's two organizations that have had players in the same exact position. 
They weren't happy where they were. Uh, two organizations that, you know, people have brought up the fact that they, they kind of are, you know, you know, Winnipeg is kind of like the Columbus of, you know, Canada. And it's just, it's funny that these two teams were able to strike up a deal. I personally don't think people, I don't, they don't need to look into this, like, and, and kind of make fun of these guys, because I don't think that this is their permanent home. This isn't the the last Jersey that they're going to be putting on for their, for their teams. Uh, I was going to ask you if there was one player that you could see signing long-term with the team that they're on, who do you think uh, well, that will be? Well, definitely, obviously, Jack Roslovic is from Ohio, right? So he'll probably okay. sign long term. But uh, let's the, more but so the, of the question line A and Dubois. Yeah, yeah. Um, honestly, so here's the thing. So I I'm not really sure. On the one hand, Winnipeg, despite being considered a more a, I don't want to say smaller market. It's because it's not in a weird, because it's still Canada. So it's a hockey hungry market and there's a lot of scrutiny. Line kind of strikes me as a guy who might like the fact that he doesn't have to deal with as much scrutiny and spotlight in Columbus. You know, maybe his coach might be a pain in the ass, right? But for the most part, he doesn't, yeah, it doesn't, there's not going to be stories about him playing Fortnite or anything like that. He doesn't have to worry about that type of stuff. Um, Dubois, I think, isn't his father like, on the coaching staff of the, of the Manitoba moose. Am I wrong about that? I thought I saw that, you know, I haven't, I didn't see, I don't, you know, I think, listen, I, it's hard to say because like if the biggest thing is about where the team is, because if you're, if your team is a playoff team or if you're a winning team or if you're a team that's a contender, then yeah, it changes a lot of things, right? If you're, it's an easy decision. If both those teams are just bad this year, if uh, Columbus just is inconsistent and just can't get it together, then I, I think even with Patrick Line, if he can uphold his end of the bargain, I think that makes it easy for him. You just kind of feel like it's not a good fit or whatever. I, I don't want to wait around. I, you know, or the same thing with Dubois. It's like, you know, now all of a sudden they can do a one-two punch of him and Shifley, which is huge. And he never really had that uh, when he was in Columbus. He was kind of had to be the man. And is Dubois really a first-line center? Uh, it's kind of, it's too early to tell. He looks really good. He's a good five on five driver. He's good and pretty good on both ends, ends of the ice. He's definitely better offensively than he is defensively, but it doesn't mean he's bad. It's just, but at the same time, it's like, if anything, even if him and Shifley are maybe not two of top flight first line centers, but they're both within, you know, in that 15 to 25 range and you have two of them, that's great. You know, that's two lines that have great uh, presence on them. But at the same time, you know, maybe even though it's the more enviable position, uh, line a, when he's on his ceiling is sky high. He can score goals at a generational rate. You know, he's proven it. He's done it at least, you know, as a teenager coming into the league. So, uh, it's just, obviously he's kind of, it's gone back the other way for him as he's tried to round out other things, but you know, he can Columbus's need needs offensive firepower. Cause they've had an exodus of, of star players and they play towards has them playing well, so I yeah I, honestly I don't know if it's so much about the market or it, I think it's going to come down to success. But if you had to, if I had to guess, I think there's a better chance that Line A stays in Columbus than uh, than Dubois staying in Winnipeg. Only because I, for whatever reason, I yeah I don't know I there's something about Line A. I actually I think I I think he can be better. I think he wants to be better. And I know everyone's like, oh well, he's Torts is going to hate him. He's going to hate Torts and ha ha ha. I don't know. I I there's a part of me that thinks if anything, it could be maybe the best thing for him. 
because Torts, say what you will, Lonnie's a pretty dry guy, and Torts doesn't mince words, and he says what he means, and it can be annoying and piss you off and rub you the wrong way, but he's upfront about it, where I think a guy like Line probably hates, like, that uh, Alain Vigneault style of, like, he's not going to say anything to you, and you don't know what's going on. I think he would hate that even more, so... I, you know, I, th- I could see those two just having kind of cut and dry conversations with each other where it's like, you suck and you don't back check. And he's like, well, you're not putting me in a position to just succeed. And it's like, well, prove me wrong. It's like, okay. And then it's over, you know? So, but yeah. I, I don't, I don't really know. I, like I said, luckily this at least gets the stink or the illusion that these guys were both actively asking out. So at least it should help if they do, if those teams do end up having to flip those guys, cause they have no, you know, intention of re-signing then at least the balls may be in their court and they don't have a you know they're, they're not as hard pressed because i think we everyone their their mother can tell that when uh dubois and his agent got a sense that this was going to be drawn out they forced the issue a little bit yeah well you know th- this year is is interesting because you know i i don't know th- these two players you know I, I like them i think they're both you know very good players but I also don't think that, you know, this is the big blockbuster trade that everyone is kind of saying it is. And and I, I believe that for a couple of reasons. Number one, you know, Patrick Line, Line A, I, you know, he's got to really show me that he's not one dimensional. I, I mean, I think he's really going to help Columbus with their power play. And he's certainly a goal scorer. He's, you know, he's got a, you know, one of the best shots in the game. But, you know, again, I, I don't really know if he's going to be able to play uh, you know, on both sides of the ice and, and, you know, maybe he does and maybe, you know, towards, you know, simplifies it and says, you know, I just want you to block shots. That's all like, uh, that's all I want you to do. You don't have to, you know, worry about coverage. You don't have to worry about playing, you know, man on man, you know, you don't have to expend a lot of energy on the defensive side of the puck. I just want you to be in, in shooting lanes and, and kind of, you know, block the puck and, and hopefully, you know, the, you know, <laughs> the shot gets blocked and it turns and you can go the other way. I, and I, I think that might, you know, do wonders for him and, and help his game overall. Um, you know, Dubois, obviously, is going to be playing on a on a team where, uh, you know, you know, Winnipeg is, has been sort of that team that can't get over the hump in terms of getting to a Stanley Cup final, even though they've had some very, very good teams in the past. Um, you know, again, Winnipeg has lost a lot of their, you know, defensive players, you know, Truba being one of them who's now in the New York Rangers. But, you know, uh, again, uh, are, you know, is, is Dubois uh, the piece that's going to put Winnipeg over the, over the top? I, I don't think so. And uh, again, maybe, you know, maybe him being the number two guy there will, will help his game. Uh, but again, I, I, you know, these two teams to me, are not, you know, on the cusp of winning a Stanley Cup. These two players are not, to me, not players that are going to completely change the organization. And uh, I think they're they're solid pieces to help both teams. But overall, those two organizations, they need more. Like, they need more depth. They need more talent. And uh, I don't know where they're going to get it from because they always find themselves sort of in the middle of the standing. So I don't think the draft is going to help them too much uh, you know, and to find a superstar right away. But, you know, how do you feel about these players kind of like wanting out of these organizations? And, you um, know, especially listen, these two teams have seen a lot of players just kind of walk away. Yeah, it's weird because it's like there have been teams that have felt like that in the past, but they've been able to success kind of cures a lot of that. CBJ, for whatever reason, you know, starting with Rick Nash. But I'll, I'll, I'll say this in fairness to Rick Nash, he had 
devoted most of his career to that place. And I'd argue he'd wasted some of his prime years there with, and they never gave him any help. And, uh, yeah. And then he rightfully so towards the end of his contract was like, I've been here for a decade and you haven't done help me anything. And I've done everything I could possibly do by myself. So, you know, I think it made sense for him. Panarin, listen, he, he was uh, a UFA and he wanted to be clearly in a big market like the Big Apple. So that stinks. But yeah, uh, I think same thing with Duchesne. Duchesne fancies himself a country music love and whatever. And I think he thought, you know, it's just he it was didn't appeal to him. I think it really behooves the Columbus Blue. And listen, I don't I don't know if I necessarily buy all the it's torts is like driving these players away thing. I don't know if it's that necessarily. It probably doesn't help, to be honest, if you're like, you know, if you're like, I, my life outside of the rink here or outside of playing winning hockey is, yeah, I don't know. It's maybe it's not as where, what I want. And my coach is also kind of a pain in the ass to deal with that can kind of tip the scales away. So, you know, it's tough for those markets. I don't really know. I mean, you know, Winnipeg is, is, it's brutal. I think it's the number one team on teams, no trade because the winners are, it's brutal. It's cold. Uh, you can't go outside in the winter without uh, chains on your tires. and But they're a devoted market. And when they're good, it's fun there. I love the, the Winnipeg Whiteout. I think that's so cool. But it's just, yeah, listen, it's tough. They it's Is it fair that you have teams like Tampa with no state tax and they're like, you can live on the beach and drive your jet ski to your buddy's house and have barbecues and, you know, and I, I, no, it's not, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, I don't know. At the same time, it's like people love living in Minnesota. They don't lose their, not that they've had much star power, but at the same time, it's like players have wanted to go there, especially considering it's a hockey hotbed. So Dallas hasn't really had too much trouble with that. Guys like living there. Um, I'd say even with the hurricanes, guys want to be there and it's not, you know, it's nice. I guess you go to the beach in the summer, but you know, it's not much going on, but I just think if your team is on a good trajectory, it should help. But at the same time, it's, weird you know i you can see maybe with winnipeg backsliding a bit from where they were at and then obviously columbus got unlucky in that panarin and duchene and they kind of went all in instead of but you know they said let's roll the dice and yeah it helped i think it helped that market a lot but at the same time it's it's tough yeah i i don't really know what the answer is to help them or what they can do about it i think it's you know, on the one hand, you could maybe argue that being competitive is the best thing they can do. So what, maybe that's why Tortorella is good for them. Cause he's actually has, has them playing hockey that can at least get them into the postseason. But yeah, man, I don't know. You know, I think if anything, you would like them much like Carolina to rethink maybe how they approach, uh, either drafting players or, yeah, just make shrewd moves, use analytics to your advantage, who are guys that are undervalued, you know, offer them big roles. Like, you know, it's a shame that it didn't get along with uh, Duclair because they traded trade him right as he was probably about to break out. But, you know, these guys every year, you can get these, uh, whether it's Duclair or Kevin Fiala or these guys that just, they're kind of journeymen and it's like, oh, they'll never figure it out. And all of a sudden it snaps. Like, uh, I don't know if it would ever work, but why didn't they put in a claim on Josh Hosang from the, the Islanders who every time he's in the national hockey league, he has, he seems to drive good results, but it's just that he, there's something they don't trust him or whatever. Like if you, especially if you think you can get him to play defense under torts, like you need star power. Like I just don't, yeah, I don't know. They, they need those, both those markets should probably think more outside the box, but you know, at least in the case of Winnipeg, I do like some of the, the prospects they have once Cole Perfetti is there, he should be a, a big time uh, player for them. So. 
Yeah, and and well, they're certainly going to need it, and you know, this kind of leaves the Rangers in a in a you know a spot where you know there was a center out there that was absolutely one hundred percent going to be moved. He would have made this team a better team, but uh, you know the two organizations found you know a deal, and and you know I don't know what the asking price was you know for New York, but you know I obviously didn't think it was you know worth anything to really pursue. Well, it was definitely clear that uh, I'd say both of those teams wanted, they didn't want futures, they wanted players now. Because like, you can tell Columbus, they they kind of see their window is now. They're not, they don't want to kick the can down the road. Same thing with Winnipeg, especially when you look at, you know, Shifley's in, kind of in his prime now, Wheeler's going on down the other side. You know, I think they want to contend now. They don't want to wait. Um, so, yeah, I think that maybe hurt a team like the Rangers who they they wouldn't, they're not going to offer you you know, maybe he would have been a part of it, but after the way he's looked, do you really want to offer him up? You know, it's not one thing to say, oh, you can take all these futures. And they're like, no, maybe we'll take Mika Zibanejad off your hands, you know? And you're like, no, we're not going to do that. Like, so, yeah, I think it might've been a bit of a, so might've been non-starters or at the same time, it's, I think it's the same thing with Montreal because everyone sus- suspected that Dubois may want to go there and they had some assets, but at the same time, they're like, all right, we'll take, you know, Kakaniemi and or one of Nick Suzuki, or, and if Bergevin's like, well, no, we don't want to give you them. We'll give you these other guys. Maybe we'll give you Romanov and someone else. But yeah, it's like they're trying to compete compete now, and they're losing a guy, so they want to get a guy. You know, even if it's not the same position, who can at least move the needle that much now. So I think that hurt uh, teams like the Rangers that, or even a team like LA that may have a lot of futures, but at the same time was less appetite to move some of the players they have in place now. Yeah, and, and you know what? And sometimes the best move is no move at all. So, and I think that really um, was the case for the New York Rangers. I mean, listen, don't get me wrong; he was a a, a good center. We need a center. Uh, it would have been great to have him here, but at the same time, I'm not willing to give up on a uh, you know a 20 year old Filipino. Uh, you know, you know, especially after the, the start he's had, it's like you know, let's give you know our guys a chance. You know, so. Um, you know, what can we expect, you know, from the New York Rangers, you think, going forward? You know, what are there rumblings that a move will be made to bring in, you know, a bona fide number two center? Or do you think the Rangers are kind of going to, you know, roll with Strom right now and hope and hope that that line gets hot again? I mean, you know, I think for the, this season, yes. But listen, right now they're in second. It's early, obviously, but they're second from the bottom uh, with only Buffalo behind them right now. And we'll stay tuned on that obviously um but yeah i mean listen if it more the same you have less runway this year and if they're not in a position you know i think i think there was talk that maybe they had a deal with ottawa around strom i think they're definitely at a certain point you know and listen if at some point you, if we see it happens philip heedle moves his way up and they move strom down to play between uh phil DiGiuseppe and kako then and yeah especially if panarin and, and heedle together can can get something going then that kind of the writing on the wall right so they're going to look you know i i when i think about Heedle as the second line center it's what we want i think my only not reticence because i i feel is clearly becoming a, a play driving player is just panarin is just kind of a different kind of cat right and they're just it's just like Sidney crosby doesn't like to play with guys who are or not doesn't like to play but you, it's like phil kessel and crosby weren't really didn't play together just because it just didn't didn't work you know it was just or it didn't work as well as putting him with 
you know, a roster against are the guys that like to cycle the puck more. Right. And I think with Panera with the vision, I love heel to death. He's his vision and his passing is not his forte. I think he Panera needs a guy that can play give and go with him. And I don't know if Heedle's that guy. Heedle is that guy. Like he likes to kind of get the puck and make power moves to the net and use that that baby Yager butt to like you know make some space and box guys out and then roll out from the corners. So yeah, I think it's working with this current line. I don't know how well that works with uh, Panarin. So and then that's a whole other can of worms. So then are you moving Panarin up with Mika and then you're changing? You know what I mean? So yeah, I just think you know it. Unfortunately, the Rangers for their center depth, they need to see what is. Uh, within the realm of possibility for their players and how how their chemistry is and how they're me- you know who are they playing well defensively and yeah there's a lot of things to consider I think so uh, Strom I don't think is long for this team anyway I think the second he signed that bridge they weren't going to keep him here uh, I think he wants to stay here because it, it helped him revitalize his career and he gets to play with Panarin and you know and the New York Rangers are a top flight organization they make you feel like a million bucks you know especially during the pandemic I'm sure they were. It was really nice to be part of an organization that was uh, probably still solvent and not, you know, you don't hear about uh, salary cutting to staffs and people getting laid off and all this other stuff. So, um, but yeah, I, I just don't, you know, whether or not the Rangers eventually will pull the trigger using some of their assets on getting a second line center or hell, even if it means an upgrade at some point from a guy like Mika, like, I don't, I don't know. It's too early to tell, I think. Yeah. You know, it and you know, for me, it's like, is this really the season where you want to, you know, start, you know, taking risk and chances and, and, you know, getting rid of uh, maybe some of the, you know, youthful assets that this team will have in the future uh, to bring in, uh, you know, an NHL center or, or kind of, will this be the year that we kind of find out what the New York Rangers are really all about? And, uh, you know, you know, if I'm Gorton right now, I, I, I'm looking at everything, you know, is Quinn the right coach for this team, you know, in the future? Is Strom a bona fide, you know, second line center? Probably not, but, you know, we're not married to him. So let's just see what he has. Will he develop into a player that becomes a trade asset down the line? You know, I think there's a, you know, what he did with Tony and Strom before the season started was put himself in a very good position that if these two players fail, we're not married to them. But if they succeed, they are assets. And there are teams that would, you know, love to have these players, um, especially, you know, uh, you know, offensive defensemen that really can kind of play both sides. Who's 24 years old and is not going to cost you a ton of money if you're making a run. And, you know, Strom is a, a guy that, you know, say what you want. If you have, you know, lacking center depth going into the playoffs, you know, you might need a guy like you know, Strom who's not going to, you know, kill you. But. In terms of, you know, uh, cap space, but, you know, is an NHL center. So, um, you know, I, I really do like the position position that the Rangers are in. I may not, you know, be in love with this roster from top to bottom. But overall, I mean, looking at the players that we have for the price that we have, you know, we're in a very good spot. And, uh, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see, you know, all of our you know, younger players as they kind of progress to see where they land in terms of long-term contracts and, and and such like that, which, uh, you know, I, I just feel like right now there's too many moving parts to even predict even like a player like Filipito and his long-term, uh, you know, his long-term career with the New York Rangers. And so, um, you know, Andy, uh, you know, I guess the last question I kind of have for you is, you know, 
you know, what do you expect from the Rangers tonight? I know when people are listening to this, they're going to know the result, but what do you expect out of the Rangers? Well, you hope that addition by subtraction by benching Jack Johnson, you hope they play kind of much like they played the last game, uh, but they try to be a little bit more attentive defensively. You hope Igor is a little bit better. And I just think it's one of those things that if they just do what they did and carry play, uh, obviously the beauty of having a Latang or a Crosby or a Malkin is that at any moment they can make you pay, even if you've been dummying them the whole game. Um, but yeah, I just, the Penguins definitely excel at little, you know, they, they're very good at getting the pucks back to the point. They kind of change their system up a bit because they don't have the same, they can't run and gun like they could when they won, you know, their back-to-back uh, cups. But um, yeah, they're still always dangerous and they're still a good team. Although I don't know if they're as good as years past. This Rangers team is, you know, you definitely hope that I, my biggest hope is that we see some presence from the top six. I'll, obviously, I'll take a Lafreniere point or goal just to get them going. But at the same time, you'd like to see, see Meeker or Kreider. Uh, hell, you'd even like to see Strom get, get rewarded, I think, at this point. Just something to get these guys' confidence up and get them going. Because I think that'll if you can if you combine that with the play of our third line so far, and you have all of a sudden you have you know three lines that are going, or or at, even if it's not you know one line that's on you know full steam ahead, one line that's like you know maybe dominating the puck when it's out there, and one line that's a little bit more of a mixed bag, but at least they're keeping the top line in check. Then yeah, the Rangers are in a good position to succeed, especially if Fox and uh, K Andre can keep playing like they're playing. So. Yeah, but I think the biggest thing is I need we might need Chesterkin to really settle in here. Whatever's going on, just calm himself down, you know, make some let's see some more. He hasn't had to do as much as I would have thought, but it's just I think that's almost it's hurting him. He's not seeing the puck much at times and when he is, it's in the back of his net. So, let's hope he can uh, settle down a little bit. And uh one little minor, uh, you know, question for you. A minor adjustment Quinn made is putting Blackwell in for uh Lemieux. Uh I thought Lemieux has been pretty good but he's a player that you know i don't mind getting him getting a maintenance day every once in a while i he yeah. took a blocked a couple of shots so he you know he could yeah. be nursing an early injury i think quinn did say i just read that something about he lemieux took a penalty he didn't really like and that's really where i think he's trying to you know and in, fa- in fairness the rangers got scored on the, the power play i think it was the one that he took a penalty on right so and especially when you're trying to nurse a lead you have to play within yourself and try your best not to take a penalty that's avoidable so uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've liked Lemieux's play so far. It's been in limited spurts, and obviously the guts he showed in that last game where he was blocking shots was amazing. But um, yeah, I mean, he just uh, yeah. What I, I this one I, I can't say because it's the fourth line. I kind of want right. to know what what's Blackwell all about. So I don't I don't know. It doesn't really. So what do you expect from Blackwell tonight? Like, what do you? I have for? no idea. What's <laughs> uh, you know, if it's gonna, unfortunately, you know, the Rangers have had a litany of fourth line guys come up at different times and if they look like they're just competing hard and trying to like jam pucks on the wall and then they get off the ice. And as long as they're not doing something too stupid, that's fine. You know, Rooney at times has been okay. And at times there's been like eh, a little subpar, but yeah, we'll see. I, I just, I really don't know what to expect. So I, I guess I'll find out uh, in about uh, what, four hours. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, our oldest player is now sitting on the bench at you know, Jack Johnson at 33 years old, which makes now Brendan Smith, the oldest player on the team at 31 just lowering the uh, the the age of the team even more. So, um, you know, I, you know, overall, I, obviously, if you're listening to this, you already know the results. 
you know, the Rangers have to win these games. There's certain teams in this division that you're going to have to have winning records against. And if you want to be in the playoffs and Pittsburgh is going to be certainly be one of those teams. So um, the Rangers got to find a way to get two points and they, and they can't, you know, afford to bring every game they play uh, to bring it into overtime. They got to learn to win in regulation because I believe regulation wins uh, could be an, a, a tiebreaker um, if the division ends up being you know extremely tight towards uh, towards the playoffs. So again, I think the Rangers you know get it done. I think they're due. They're going to be hungry for a win. I think uh, blowing a two goal lead is not sitting well with them right now, and and I don't think that's really a coaching issue more than uh it is uh you know attention to details from the team and i think they know better so i'm definitely predicting a win uh, i'm gonna go with a score let's just see how right i am i'm gonna say it's gonna end up being five three new york rangers Ooh, um yeah i think i can get i could obviously get around that um, i'm hoping like i said they clean it up a bit so i'm hoping it's i'm hoping for uh four four two new york rangers three two if uh if I'm being more realistic, because, you know, it'd be nice to see that they can start sitting on leads and not letting teams get back in it because yeah, the Rangers are a team that we were talking about on our last podcast, how they were a team that they're either blowing out their, you know, they're winning their games pretty with a, with a good lead or they're losing. They're not like forcing OT and this type of stuff. So uh, yeah, I mean, as they start to mature more, you want them to see their game management get better, which Quinn was harping on, you know, maybe don't force the same, you know, you like the fact that they're trying to juice offense at all times and possess the puck, but don't force low percentage plays or, you know, turn over the puck needlessly if you don't have to and just be smart. So let's hope let's get their game, their full on game management going and, uh, you know, let's hope for the best. And we'll see you all on Thursday and hopefully with, uh, yeah, hopefully we sound happy because we're happy with the results. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.